This is episode 269, Finding Direction in Your Life with Megan. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. I've got a special group call coming up. I do these group calls about once a month or so. They're only 20 bucks to join. You come on, I teach a little bit, I lead you through meditation, and then it's open to live coaching. And it's all on Zoom, so it's on video. They're really, really amazing calls, great community. And this month's topic is going to be on sex and intimacy and love and relationships. And my husband's going to join me for parts of it as well. He's going to guide you through a little breath You don't want to miss it. If you can't make it live, it's going to be recorded as well. It is happening live on 11.11 at 5 p.m. Pacific time. But again, can't make it live. Totally fine. You can get the recording. Just go to christinehasler.com slash group. In our programs like Inner Child and Be the Queen and even in my mastery group, sex and intimacy comes up a lot. So I really wanted to create a forum where we can talk openly about sex and intimacy. It is definitely a part of our lives and it's an important part of our lives. Our sexuality, the intimacy in our our life really impacts our overall mental, physical, and emotional health. So we can't negate that. Sometimes we pay attention to the mental or the emotional or the financial or the physical. Do we pay enough attention to the sexual realm of our life? So it should be a juicy conversation. And yes, I intentionally picked to do it on 1111 because I love 1111. Again, christinehasler.com slash group. So today's caller, Megan, is asking about her life direction. And this is a question I get from a lot of people, especially people in their late 20s, early 30s. But hey, I have people in their 50s that call me asking about life direction, especially in career transition, career changes. So you are not alone if you're looking for direction. But here's the thing I have found. A lot of times when we think we have no direction, we actually have more direction than we think. In a world that very much celebrates the outer, having things in the outer world figured out, your career, your finances, your relationship, what are you doing with your life, all that kind of stuff. We often minimize the inner. And a lot of you that may not feel like you have a lot of direction externally, that's because you're cleaning out some things internally and you're coming a long way there. So don't minimize that. That'll make more sense as you listen to the call. And you'll see that this call really isn't just about clarifying your direction. It's about so much more. So as usual, listen to the end and make sure to listen to the breakdown after the call. Oh, and one more thing. We do talk about something called human design here. So if you are curious, like what is human design? What are they talking about? Just head back and listen to my interview with Erin Claire Jones, who's a human design expert. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can listen to that podcast too if you are really curious about what this human design stuff is. As you're listening to this call, please consider, do you ever feel like you're not on the quote unquote right path or don't have the direction in your life that you want? Do you feel like you should, again, quote unquote, have a career path that is more secure 
or stick to a certain job or career path. Like you really need to nail it down and figure it out and just stick to it, not venture off and do different things. Growing up, did you feel really free to express yourself both creatively and emotionally? And finally, have you ever experienced a loss you have not fully grieved yet? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my call with Megan. One, Megan, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me on. So the thing that I've been struggling with most is finding direction and fulfillment in my life Mm -hmm. since my dad passed away eight years ago. Okay. Okay. And how old are you now? I'm 29. And just tell me how this is showing up. Like, how do you know you're having trouble finding direction in your life? What are some of the symptoms of that? Yeah. So I would say that it's, I constantly switched jobs. So for the last eight years, it happened when I was 21. I was still at university at the time. And then that kind of like completely changed my path. Um, I didn't finish school. And then I um, kind of was forced to work at that point. Um, just for financial reasons, because my dad was the main supporter of my entire family. And we didn't really have the financial means after he died to keep up. So I was unexpectedly like jolted into adulthood way sooner Mm -hmm. than I was expecting to Mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, I've just been finding that in terms of direction, I felt like I was still trying to figure it out when he got sick and all like I wasn't expecting. Yeah. To, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, it's okay. Never have yeah. to apologize for tears. So it's okay. Just take some deep breaths and I'm just going to ask you some questions and you can cry all you want. Where, what was your relationship with your dad like? So early in life, it was very distant and um, and then once I got into my teenage years, then we actually started to bond a lot more and built a really strong relationship with each other based on a lot of common interests that we had. So like exercising, things like that, like we just, I guess, learned that we had far more in common and we were quite close at the point when he passed away. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this too. Did you really have the opportunity to grieve him when he passed away? Or did you have to kind of step right into adulting? So the thing that I did find that kept happening is when it would just like, I would have outbursts and like, it would kind of pour out all at once. It wasn't like I set aside time. It was just, it came out and came up whenever like, certain events that happen a lot of times when I was reminded about things that almost like I wish I was having like when coworkers were like with their families during the holidays and my family basically wasn't together and like he was the glue essentially Mm -hmm. that held everything together Mm -hmm. and so when he passed away there were familial like conflicts and issues and like just Mm -hmm. ripping apart and I would say that my family was pretty unrecognizable or my life mm. in general was mm. unrecognizable mm. Um, after everything that uh, happened. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that was most unrecognizable for you? Like what changed the most? Uh, I would definitely say it was my family structure and that sense of support was gone. 
because it was like everybody was trying to survive and fend for themselves. And it was almost like I wasn't expecting that. And I was expecting for someone to still, I guess, like be there for me and protect me. And yeah, and it just wasn't there. And it was like, whoa, I have to do this for myself. And it was a letdown, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like you really weren't supported as well. Who was really there for you? So I would say I had certain support from like my mom, but not all the way. Some of my siblings, but not all the way. Like it was just what they were able to give because they were still trying to cope and deal with the grief that they were experiencing. So you really didn't have a lot of support? Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think finding direction, well, really it's more about, sounds like it's just about finding some sense of security and groundedness just feels Mm -hmm. like you've kind of been bouncing around. Why do you think that's been hard for you? My family structure growing up, I would say was very much so follow what my mom and dad, like everyone in the household kind of had to follow what my parents said and what they wanted from us. And it was very clear that if you didn't like stick like to the script or what they wanted from like each of us, and that includes like me and all of my siblings, then you wouldn't get the support that you needed. But also that felt very stifling and like and I wasn't able to really express myself mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I just felt like I had to follow a bunch of rules that yeah. weren't really authentic to me. And yeah. I think I was always asking permission a lot as well. Yeah. And do you feel like when your dad was around, especially in the later years, you had more freedom to be yourself? A little bit, but mm-hmm. after he passed, I definitely saw like very clearly that like, oh, wow, I don't really know who I am. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've just been like trying to be perfect and like follow the rules and like be accepted Mm -hmm. and loved by my parents that I haven't actually, um, I like have been betraying myself for the love and acceptance of others. Yeah. Well, that's very wise. That's very, very wise. It sounds like you may not have a lot of direction in terms of your career, but you have a lot of clarity in terms of who you are and the things that you're struggling with. And that actually is going to do you much better in the long run than being super clear about your job. And also, Megan, this is what you're saying is very, very common for the 20 something experience. I mean, I don't know if you know, my first book is called 20 something, 20 everything. And it's for women in their 20s and early 30s trying to figure out who am I, what do I want, and how do I get it? Because my 20s were very difficult for me, and it is so much for many people, 20s and early 30s, because it's just this time in life when it's it's this weird combination of trying to figure out your future while also trying to clean up your past, because you don't want to repeat your past, but it's hard to get clarity on your future when you haven't cleaned up your past first. So that's to me where you are. So first I want to say, I think that you're in a much better place than you think you are. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's kind of go back for a moment and look at even before your dad died, because it sounds like that was, it wasn't like he died and then all of a sudden 
everything changed. Well, it did change, but this whole not being able to express yourself, being a people pleaser, that didn't just happen eight years ago. sounds like that's been something that's been with you for a long time. And dad dying just illuminated it and then added all this. Well, not only can I not express myself, but I feel really alone in the world. And I feel like Mm -hmm. no one's there supporting me and I just have to figure things out on my own. Does that, does that resonate with you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let me just ask you this for a moment. Let's just pause that and shift gears for a moment. In terms of, well, what are you doing now? What's your work now? So right now I'm unemployed and I'm trying to figure it out. Essentially, like I'm thinking just starting my own business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About what, and what kind of business? Authentically, what I want to do is become a human design reader. Amazing. That's like what I feel most called towards. Yeah. What's your human design? I'm a manifesting generator. Okay. Okay. So you know a lot about manifesting generators and what are some of the gifts of manifesting generators? So I would say really just being like the explorers mm-hmm. of the world and having a really non-traditional path mm-hmm. um, typically I think is um, one of the things that sticks out to me. And I think the thing that gave me like the most permission when learning about it, that like, oh, wow, I'm, yeah, I've like bounced from like one thing to another, but Mm -hmm. I have picked up a lot of wisdom, Mm -hmm. I think from of what I like and what I don't like. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's obviously something that Mm -hmm. I would love to share with more people Mm -hmm. and really like just give them that same permission to like, well, I'm not, um, I'm not odd, I'm not weird. (laughs) Yeah. And even if people say that I'm flaky and things like that, like I'm, I'm gaining valuable insight from like my journey through the Mm. world and all of the different paths I take. And you light up when you speak about it. You really light (sighs) up. That sounds like very (laughs) clear direction. So my hunch, and I'm going to go back to your human design in a moment. So my hunch, Megan, is that you're not lacking direction. You're lacking support. Mm. Like a, a, a tribe of people around you and it doesn't need to be a big one, but you know, your support group. So let's, let's kind of stay with human design. Cause that's your passion. And you light up when you talk about it and you're very directive and on point when you speak about it. So what are some of the things with manifesting generators that don't work? Like what is not good for you? Like I know as a projector, it's not good for me to be the inviter, to be the starter of things. I do better in life and career when I'm invited into things. I just do my thing, you know, stay in my lane, share my gifts, and then people invite me into things. And that works way better than me trying to start something, which is why like starting a big business or a big movement would never be my thing as a projector. So what are some of the things as a manifesting generator that you shouldn't do or aren't really great for you or or you're just don't light you up? Okay. So Definitely. I would say that it's like keeping your aura clear of what it's like that very thing that you said, like what is lighting you up and what mm-hmm. is dimming like that light. So mm-hmm. it's really important. I learned from like four manifesting generators and I haven't implemented implemented it so much in my own like life yet, but I've been kind of taking notice and that is like, okay, what's draining my energy? And mm-hmm. I know that even before I started delving into human design, that was something I was always just acutely aware of. And that's why I left so many of my jobs mm-hmm. because I was like, 
I feel like I'm dying. Like, I feel like this is draining my life Mm -hmm. out of me. Mm -hmm. And and people, like, would just look at me like, (laughs) like, they couldn't understand what I was talking about. But I was like, it's so, like, it's such, like, a visceral feeling that I get Mm -hmm. that, like, I'm just, like, slowly, like just like dying yep. as bad as I know that sounds. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's sucking the life out of you. That makes a lot of sense. So there's a couple yeah. things. You are an explorer, which makes sense why you've had a lot of different jobs. Manifesting generators generally do. And you need to do something, you know, most of the day that lights you up, that lights you up. Mm-hmm. So kind of putting that aside for a moment, let's, let's look to how conditioning plays a part in this right? Because oftentimes our beliefs and conditioning, like our our beliefs that have been programmed in us bump up against who we are. And that creates a lot of conflict. So if you are this explorer type and it's important for you to try lots of different things, you get clarity through the process of elimination, so on and so forth. But you have a, a, an imprint, a belief pattern that security is what matters and you need to pick one thing and do it, or like you have to do things a certain way. Those two things are going to bump up against each other and they're going to make you feel lost or going to make you feel like you don't have direction. So what beliefs that, you know, aren't necessarily yours, but they were maybe kind of programmed from you, from your family, from your childhood, do you think are in competition are bumping up with the essence of who you very much are? Yeah, I would say that it's, that that I basically have to pick one thing and stick to mm-hmm. it. Otherwise I'm never gonna like get to where I wanna be in life. Um I'm gonna always like kind of have like like financial insecurity if I don't like just nail down mm-hmm. like one thing that I wanna do mm-hmm. and um do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how much do you believe, like, give me a percentage, if you could, and just use your intuition. How much do you believe, like a part of you believes that that's still true? Mm, I would say 50%. Okay. Okay. 50% is enough to slow you down. Yeah. <laughs> so what I would say is, is two big things. The first is your support system is really important to you. So that's going to look like someone who can help you, a professional person, a counselor of some kind who can help you with the grief. Because I do think that, I do sense that you haven't really honored your grief process with your dad and everything he represented. Because in a lot of ways, he sort of represents the old way of doing things that you're trying to break free of. That Mm -hmm. doing things a certain way to get security. And also like, you know, being the person that held things together and Also the anger that's probably there for how at 21 years old, you had to all of a sudden become 35 and manage a lot of things. There's, there's some things there that feel to me like they haven't been truly honored and processed in a really safe space where you're facilitated. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 So is that something you'd be open to doing is reaching out to a counselor of some kind to help you with the grief part? Yeah. So I actually just completed one of my first sessions with a counselor Great. Um, this past week. Yeah. And did it feel like a good match, a good fit? Yes, it did. Wonderful. Um, and right away I felt a huge shift, like, okay, I'm finally investing in my wellness good. and like my values. 
instead of um, kind of like doing things the old way. Beautiful. That's huge, Megan. And now we're talking, you're on a great track. That's huge. And that investing in yourself, especially in your wellness is actually an investment in your career as well to be, to, because to be guides, which I consider myself and you, you know, we're not there to heal people or fix people or whatever, but to really hold space for people and sometimes shine a path, a flashlight on their path that they can't see doing our own inner work is so important. It's so crucial. So I love that you're doing that. And the second part of the support piece would be community and your friends that share your belief, right? So we want to make sure that we surround ourselves with people that aren't living in the fear, aren't living in the there's only one way, people that have more of that entrepreneurial explorer spirit. So you're really speaking each other's languages. Do you have people like that in your life? Currently, I don't, but um, since the like session with the counselor and a few other things like have been inspiring me to say like, oh, I want to eventually move, hopefully in the near future, um, to some place that I've been like desiring to mm-hmm. move to for a while. And I've also just been thinking I need like once I maybe settle in a new place, then I'll start connecting and growing that community even larger. Um, right now I have a sibling that I'm really close with and I can like open up, share, and we can exchange ideas. And I feel like a fair amount of support from her. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. And you want to keep building that. So any, Mm -hmm. any kind of mentor type people, any type of groups that you can join that are more for entrepreneurs, really visioning that move to a city or a place where you feel like there's more of that, that, and getting the support from the counselor and the grief support will help with this as well, because it's hard to reach out for friends and support in a community when we have an open wound, you know, it's like, you don't really feel like going to a party if your knee is bleeding. It's like, no, I've got to take care of my knee. So that's beautiful. And then the second piece that I would say is working on reprogramming those beliefs. So, you know, it sounds like you're really into personal development and personal growth and the whole wellness industry. I'm sure, you know, Abraham Hicks, I'm sure you've heard of Joe Dispenza. I'm sure you know that, you know, our, our programs and our limiting beliefs, they, I mean, even if you only think it affects you 50%, those unconscious beliefs drive 95, maybe 90 on a good day percent of behavior. And so you want to do everything you can to update them. So I'd be really consuming podcasts and Abraham Hicks and doing Joe Dispenza meditations and really doing what you need to do to put these new programs in place. Because the important thing, and I've emphasized this on the show before, but I want to say it again, when we're clearing out wounding, like the bleeding knee, which in your case is father's death and everything that goes along with that feeling unexpressed, unseen as a child, so on and so forth that's a big clearing out. And when we clear things out, we want to make sure we put new programs in. Otherwise, what the brain tends to do is just hang on to the old stuff. It's sort of like if I emptied all the furniture out of my house, I'd want to put new furniture in because it would start to feel really empty and weird. Like I'd want to fill it immediately. I don't want to put the old furniture back in. I want to put new in. So you want to be combining the the new programming and beliefs with clearing out the old. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I've been like doing a lot of that and I finally feel like I am kind of breaking through a lot of barriers 
of limiting beliefs that I've had in the past. And I'm, I totally align with you saying that I, it's just something that I need to be steadfast with and continue to do until I am pretty much at the place that I feel less shackled, I think, to those old yes. um, beliefs. Yes. And self-compassion, Megan, is so, 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 so important. So important. And really being gentle with yourself, really, really being gentle with yourself is massive because you want like that, um, you want that, that part of you that doesn't feel self-expressed to Mm -hmm. feel like she can be expressed. So the tendency for people that didn't feel self-expressed as a child is they live in their head. And and it's going to be important to feel your emotions. So maybe it's that release writing. You know, I feel mad because I feel sad because maybe it's hitting a pillow and crying. Maybe it's putting on music and just dancing and moving your body. You, You want to get out of the pattern of suppressing your emotion and just thinking, 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 because there's all different kinds of ways we numb. Some people drink or eat or work or whatever, but overthinking is one of the ways that we numb out. And so just be aware of that as well and find other exit routes for your emotions. Okay. Yeah. yeah that definitely makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Cause I think the overanalyzing is definitely a way that I almost like avoid and procrastinate. And like you said, I think I, it has been like a numbing, yeah. um, like a numbing strategy as well. Right, 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 right. Does this help? Yeah, it really does. Oh, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I like, and you made a lot of connections, um, regarding like my dad and kind of like his representation in mm-hmm. my life that I didn't previously think about, but I mm-hmm. felt, yeah. um, and you just were able to put words to it. And so that clarity and with that and a few other things that you mentioned, um, I'm definitely going to go back and re-listen and take notes Beautiful, <laughs> when this airs. Yeah. Yeah. You have far more direction and clarity than you thought. So I really want you to own that and give yourself credit for that. Okay. Okay. I will. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you. You too, Christine. Bye. Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing your heart and expressing yourself so vulnerably. I feel, and I know you probably would agree with me, that it's something you really, really need and you come alive when you feel heard and seen, as we all do. So let's break down this call a little bit. So you could hear in the beginning of the episode, Megan, her voice was a little, just sounded like she was a little down. We talked about her father. She was fighting back tears. Wasn't it fascinating how when we really started to talk about human design and what she loves and all the steps she is taking, that her whole voice, her whole vibration really started to shift because she felt expressed and because she felt supported and because she felt like someone was validating the beliefs that she truly believes, not the ones that were just programmed in her. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how when we get those things being seen, being heard and feeling like, the beliefs that are true beliefs are validated. It just goes such a long way. You know, and, and Megan, when she first started speaking, I thought that I was going to work more with the death of her father. And definitely that's a massive, significant life event. 
but I kept getting the nudge not to go that direction. And then after she shared that she's seen a counselor that she feels is a really good fit, that made so much sense to me. I was like, okay, that part is handled. I'm not really here to support her with the grief part, just here to encourage her to keep getting support for that because it's not really something I can do in a 25 minute call. What I really felt like my role with Megan today was to help her see that the direction she feels she wants to go towards is absolutely the perfect direction for her. And what's going on, you know, why she's feeling stuck or why she's feeling like she's not where she should be, <laughs> love that word should, is because she has beliefs that are bumping up against each other. I often say competing intentions, but a better way to frame it is you've got your beliefs that were programmed fighting against your actual authentic beliefs. And sometimes it's hard to discern what the difference is because beliefs that are programmed often feel like those are our actual beliefs. So there's a big part of her that feels like, I have to have security. I have to do it the right way. I have to pick one career and stick with it. And also because she's grieving the loss of her dad and that's really what he represented, it might be really hard for her to let go of that whole way of thinking and being because in a way it keeps her connected to her dad. But what we discovered is that's not what she truly believes. She really is an explorer and she wants to go and try different things. And she's super clear that one of the things she wants to do is, is to read human design. So that is very, very, very clear direction. It just doesn't fit into the paradigm that she thinks she needs to fit into. The whole find one job, stick to it. That's how you create security. So Megan's work is really twofold. First, getting support. She really didn't have a lot of support, it feels like, ever, but especially when her father died. So getting that grief counselor, finding that support system, moving to a new place, getting the friends that really think like she authentically thinks, not like she was programmed to think. And then secondly, filling up her mind with podcasts and YouTube videos and books that confirm her authentic beliefs. And I emphasize in the shell and emphasize it here, whenever we're doing clearing work, processing work of our past, it's really important at the same time we're reprogramming our brain with the beliefs we want to believe or the beliefs that we authentically believe. <laughs> and sometimes we need little reminders of what those are. So she's got kind of a twofold approach, both healing the past and also really programming her future and her present. And finally, it's just so important for Megan to feel expressed. That's something she really, really missed out on as a child was that feeling that she could express both creatively and emotionally. So that getting out of her head, finding a way to feel those emotions, express that creativity, thinking is not processing. Thinking is usually just recycling, just ruminating things over and over and over in your head. That's why I call release writing, release writing, because instead of recycling, you're releasing a lot of the feelings onto a piece of paper. So Megan needs an exit route for a lot of her emotions so that she doesn't get so stuck in her head. So some takeaways for you. Really reflect on what are your program beliefs and your authentic beliefs. Perhaps write down a list of beliefs, things that really run your life right now. Maybe just use career as an example. Like I have to have a career that gives me financial security and really say, hmm, 
Is that really my deep down authentic belief? Or could that have been a programmed belief? Next, make sure, especially if you're someone that lives in your head a lot, you have an exit route for those emotions. Dance, write, paint, sing, hit a pillow, release those emotions because that's going to help you feel so much more emotionally expressed and it's going to help you be better emotionally expressed with others. You'll have an easier time with vulnerability if you're vulnerable with yourself. And finally, consider looking into human design. Go back and listen to that podcast with Erin Claire Jones. There's other amazing human design readers. Maybe it can just give you a little insight into how you operate. And, you know, with all those things, human design, astrology, any of those types of things, it's always important to defer back to your own intuition. They're tools, they're a way to get helpful information and tools, but they're not the be all and end all right? Like a human design reading and like, this is who you are and it's absolute truth and you have to plan your life around it. You really like anything you listen to in this show, you want to take what really resonates. You know, when I got my human design reading, I was like, Ooh, that really resonates. But there were parts of it that didn't like as a projector, supposedly it's not good for me to sleep with another person. I don't mean have sex, but like sleep in the bed with another person because I must process them at night or something. But for me, especially right now, I sleep way, 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 way better when my husband's next to me than if he's in another room. So that might change, but that was one of the things that I was like, hmm, that's interesting, but that doesn't really resonate. So I'm not going to take that one on. And it's not an againstness thing against whoever's giving you the reading or the reading itself. It's more of just using your own inner wisdom to attune what fits and what doesn't. You're all very, very, very wise. Trust yourself. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Thank you.